You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV begins right now. Great to be with you as always. Let's begin by saying... Thank you so much to Register Sausage, as uh, who doesn't like good sausage? Yay, sausage! That that, that could be the new motto. Yeah. Who doesn't like who doesn't, who doesn't like, doesn't good, like sausage? good sausage? They know. They, yeah. uh, we're going to see Ben on Friday at your golf tournament. Ben, the Register Sausage uh, family has a team in your mm-hmm. golf tournament, so we're going to get to yeah. see Ben out there. Maybe he'll bring some links to the links. What do you think? Oh, you think gonna, look at this guy coming out swinging, can, coming can, out uh, swinging. That's a Corey Clark line. Yeah, well, that wasn't bad, Ira. How long have you been holding that bad boy? That's great. That's good stuff. Jeff, also, are you actually going to be there? You going to be at the golf tournament? I'll be at the golf tournament, man. There I, we go. I miss your face. I miss everything. I, this is the closest we've been in uh, a week. I know, Ridiculous. Man. I want. I want to, Ira. You can brag about register sausage in a second. Um, yeah, I, uh, dude, I picked a bad time to 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 be out of the mix there. I apologize yeah. to my War Chant team. Mm. Um, no, man, it was crazy. Like, I was fine. The week was going along. I was like, okay, we're at the end of a long run here where we've covered spring football with the culmination of it all. This should be fun. Get yeah. to go to Corner Pocket, have a few beers for a happy hour. Like, that doesn't suck. The game itself is, you know, it's a garbage game every year. But, hey, it's beautiful weather. You get to go out there and kind of the culmination of it all. And then, dude, somewhere around Friday morning, I was like, uh, that's doing so well. By midday, I was down for the count, like leveled. Could not, yeah. could not yeah. function. Yeah. So, well, and, you know, strong, stronger person would have. Michael Jordan had his flu game. Hey, Jeff so Cameron. by the way, I just want you to know, Corey, and if you need backup for this, because I figured that'd be the angle you'd take. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I attempted to go and was told to stand down by our boss. So um, oh, that's that's fair. I'm glad you didn't show up the corner pocket for sure. I well, I was told I, I, I was trying to go, and they were like, "No, no, we're not doing that. That's not a good yeah. look." And I was like, yeah. "Okay, all right, yeah." So yeah. that's it. Time, time, times are a little different than the. Uh, during, during the flu game when yeah. people back then you were like, you know, people were cheered you on when you showed up to work sick. Now people are like, what the hell are you doing? Get why, out of here. Why'd Move, you just leave? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if you even have sniffles, you better take your ass to the house. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I, hear I, that. I don't want to sit by that. Yeah. A little different, I, I, but, uh, I, I agree. Registermeats.com is a website. If you want your register sausage delivered, even I think, Oh, even to Alaska, the renegades in Alaska can get it. Mm. Uh, it's also in stores throughout the Southeast and, if you live somewhere else and and they don't have it, just you know quietly protest. You don't have to Peacefully make a big deal about it. Yeah, you don't have to throw everything off the shelves. Just you know maybe like sit down and and, and put up a little sign saying where's my where's my uh, quality sausage. I'd walk around the facility and 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 chant. Uh, we want registered sausage now. Yeah, until you're Let's, thrown out. Until you're yeah. thrown out. But that's peaceful. You're not. It's not violent. Yeah. You can not do that. All. What would you do, Ira? What would you do if you were me up in Atlanta? Do I just go talk to one of those weird managers at a grocery store? What? Why are that? Well, I don't know why that. Why are they weird? Well, I was thinking about when uh, for the two weeks I worked at a grocery store, and that <laughs> dude was weird, but he was also like a college kid that was, I guess, good. He was a good employee for a college kid, but he was a manager and he was weird. I apologize to all the grocery store managers out there listening. I was just thinking of that guy. Dude, when I was a kid, when I was bagging groceries at Publix in South Florida. When, when you worked late sometimes, like, I mean, I was like, I got stuck there waxing the floors. I was there until like one thirty in the morning. It's like a 15, 16 year old kid. Mm. And uh, 
the assistant manager, who was like the number two at our store, uh, said, hey, I'll give you a ride home if you want. I only live like six, seven blocks away. And my man was rolling a Beamer. And I was like 16 thinking, yeah. man, I could be the number two guy yeah. at Publix and, and cruising a Beamer. So uh, somehow, I guess once I realized that I didn't want to work those those hours every weekend, I, I took a different route. And I still haven't driven a Beamer. So maybe, maybe Publix should have been in my uh, future. I learned how to drive on a BMW, in a BMW. Of course he a, did. A of course he did. A 318i, stick Down shift. In St. Pete. St. Pete, in a stick shift. My mom's stick shift. I thought it was the coolest car ever. And uh, yeah. anyhow, if you've never driven a stick shift 318i from the 80s, it's a hell of a way to learn how to drive a car. You'll never, everything will be easy after that. I'm telling you. It's uh, the stick, the old stick shift was the way to go. Once you learn one of those, man, you can drive anything. Um, I don't. Do they make stick shifts anymore? Does anybody get a stick shift? Grind until you find it. Yeah, no, they do. I was looking looking at cars for for Molly, and I've come across a couple that were manual. And it uh, you don't want one like, in Tallahassee. You don't happening. want one. Period. You don't want one. Period. But you don't want one in Tallahassee with the hills, man. Yeah. When, yeah. when I first got here, when I first started school here, I had a stick shift. I was like, man, what are we doing with the hills? Like just trying to balance at the red light the whole time, and then popping the clutch. It was nonsense. Uh, say, hey, by the way, I know we're gonna get into content here in a second, but. Uh, so next hour we'll, we'll mention virtual orthodontics, but I should, I should mention that today, this morning, and it's already happened guys. I just got sent this picture. I don't know if anybody can see it. That's my son outside of virtual orthodontics smiling wow. with no braces on right. no braces. Finally, uh, finally, the nightmare is over. Just got it done. He's smiling ear to ear. I took him to the appointment this morning. His mother just picked him up. So there we go. Just like Fantastic. that. Straight teeth looking good. So an early shot, because Dr. Birch walked in, she saw me 8 o'clock this morning. She gave me a hug and said, can you say some nice things about me today? Can you, can you, uh, instead of alleging conspiracies all the time? <laughs> retainer, so, big retainer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I said, I won't cater to big retainer, but I will uh, right. definitely give some love. I'll give some love. All right. So onward we go. We don't want to rehash too many of our complaints because every one of us in various capacities have expressed how god-awful the spring game was. But uh, I think collectively, people want to know how the group at Seminole Headlines uh, thinks that spring fared, the spring game, likes, dislikes, suggestions, and, of course, what we anticipate. Because in the next 10 days, we're going to get a lot of action, man. Transfer portal stuff's already started. The MIMS kid from Georgia, uh, I would strongly suggest, if you're inclined to wanting to uh, – Step on the gas here in terms of paying players, rising spear, wherever you want to give some money, who gives money to players, let's get on it because uh, that kid's available. Coach Atkins has a good relationship with him. I know we recruited him. Uh, maybe, just maybe, you're going to fall into like an NFL caliber tackle in the transfer portal, which I think changes What's the that outlook. Worth? What's that worth to you, gang? I don't <laughs> For State fans, what's that worth to you to have a, a NFL caliber tackle? Yeah, I mean – it could be, a, a, all jokes aside, it could be a really big deal. I mean, if that happens, and and I was reading this morning, um, this is, I mean, I'm like the guys that I used to make fun of. Uh, I follow the kiddies.com from back in the day, man. I, I am now trying to find out the transfer portal websites. That's all, I, I live on them. That's all yeah. I do. I sit around like every other Florida State fan just going, okay, what about this kid at Boise? What about this right guard well, over here at Minnesota? What do we got here? But the thing is, man, they brought in 10 transfers in January. You want them to bring in like 10 more. Yes. Yeah, yeah. sure. That's not yeah. happening. I'm sure. telling I'm telling half this team to take it on down the road. Um, but but they, listen. They probably will bring in four, right, Ira? Three or four? I would guess three or four probably. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, I don't think they're bringing in 10. Of course, I know that. But they can bring in three. They could bring in four. And if they're going to, two of them need to be offensive linemen. And this one in particular would be a good start. What's the story with him? Why is he leaving Georgia? Was he just I not mean, playing? I mean, he played. He played in like eight or nine games last year, but he yeah. didn't play. Didn't play great. It doesn't seem like it's going all that well. It's funny though. We started hearing rumors like a week ago that he was looking to bounce, and then uh, Kirby had a long thing about how far he's come, and you know, like in a press conference. Oh, imagine that! And he was like, "Oh yeah, he's come so far. He's so close to to really really breaking through." I, I mean, I you know, look, and they've got. Really good players there, and I'm sure he wanted to start probably right away. He played, like I said, he played in a bunch of games last year. He just wasn't a starter, and my guess is he doesn't think he's going to be a starter uh, maybe maybe this fall. So, uh, yeah, I, 
look, if it would be huge for Florida State, um, I don't know that I'm uh, saying they need to go get two offensive linemen. If you only get three or four guys, I'm not sure I'm, I'm in Jeff's camp with that, but he would definitely be a big addition. And I think they have, and, and like, you know, we joke about these things, but I think they have a legitimate chance. Um, you know, right. Michael Langston's done a good job with talking about recruiting and, and, and I've gotten up to speed with that. And of course we now have access to, to a lot of information in the, in the transfer portal world. There are entire sites dedicated to this. I don't know. Everything I read seems to suggest that, um, we have Fort State has a shot at him, like a le- legitimate shot, and and it would be interesting because we're apparently uh, fighting it out with an old arch rival in Miami. So, you know, this is going to get contested as you would expect it would when you get a caliber player uh, of this magnitude that's out on the open market. But that's one of the things about a program like Georgia or Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State, any of these other programs, you know, like you're recruiting at such a high level. You're bringing in five stars left and right. Some of them aren't going to win jobs. They're going to be behind other five stars. And when you have an abundance of riches at some point, kids are now free to bounce. And, and that leaves it open to a program like Florida state is trying to ascend to a level where they could absorb a loss like this. Like if somehow you got good enough to where you lost a five star because he couldn't start for you. Well, that's a good place to be in if you're Georgia, but if you're a program like Florida state, Hey man, here's your chance. Let's let's speed the process along and see if we can't get this kid. And this is a thing to exploit, I think, uh, moving forward. As long as the rules are in place the way they are for a school like Florida State, where maybe whether it's NIL, the way the team is playing, you can't compete. You're not going to out recruit Alabama. You're not going to win a lot of recruiting battles against Alabama, Georgia, uh, well maybe Florida, but Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, those schools. You're not going to win recruiting battles to get them much. But if you have relationships with those kids and they spurn you a month before signing day, the, the battle's not over. The battle hasn't been lost. Like you, they're, they're, you, like Jeff said, you go to Alabama, you think about the, the defensive linemen at Texas A&M. They're not all staying at Texas A&M. Yeah, they went and got some – they got a paycheck. Unless their contract said you have to be here four years, which I'm sure it didn't for, for their NIL stuff, they're going to be – at least a few of them are going to be on the market in two years or a year. They're going to see the writing on the wall. They're going to be recruited over. They're not going to be able to play in front of the other five stars that came. And so that's a – if you have relationships with guys now, even if they go somewhere else, if you they're going to be back on the market. There's at least, a, I don't know, 33% chance they'll be back on the market at some point. And now that maybe that's Florida State's sweet spot where you have NIL money for those guys and you have a relationship and they maybe like their your coach. You know what I mean? Like they want to play for your coach. And they've already lived the life of being a – at one of those schools and getting that first NIL check or whatever they did. Now they want to go play for a coach. They want to, they want to play number one and they might like your coach and want to go play for him. Yeah. I mean, it used to be back in the day. I mean, even as, as far back as five years ago, but certainly over the last 20, 25 years uh, where when a kid, when there's a fierce recruiting battle and, and you lost him, sometimes maybe uh, you, you felt like it didn't go down right. Like the kid wasn't up front. You know, the kid led you on too long and then he, went to another school. Well, now, back then, the coaches could kind of even tell the kids off. Remember, Corey, when we did the book on recruiting, remember the kid, yeah. uh, a couple of coaches? Got it on coaches. my bookshelf over here to the right, guys. Right there over here, go. signed copy from both of you. Yeah, Pretty I signed it? That. You did. Oh, nice. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's worth a lot more now than it was then. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's true. But, uh, but anyway, in, in the book, we talked to, I think, Brad Allen, the tight end, said that some of the coaches were were nasty in their, yeah. in their emails back to them or, or letters back to them. So, uh, but you can't do that anymore. And I think we saw that with Mike Norvell and Travis Hunter. That was the biggest diss in recruiting signing day history, throwing the hat, you know, going to Dion and Jackson State. But Mike Norvell had to take the high road and be as nice as possible. And I'm sure privately they were all like, oh, man, it's cool. It's fine. We still love you because they're thinking maybe a year down the road you might get him. That wasn't possible 10, 15 years right. ago. So those relationships are big. And yeah, with this kid, Mims, uh, Alex Atkins does have a great relationship with him. He was his favorite coach during the recruiting process. The guy made a business decision, went with the home state team, the Georgia Bulldogs, who won, won a national championship. But now he might be back. He is back on the market, and Florida State might be well positioned. Yeah, it's a new reality across the board. Coaches have to maintain relationships or at least civility, as you're noting, uh, with these kids after recruiting them long and, 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 and it's difficult and you're putting everything into it and then you lose out and you can't afford to be bitter knowing that it could come back around that you get that kid a year later, two years later. So it's an interesting dilemma for a lot of coaches and frustrations, uh, I'm sure, privately, as you note, uh, come out. But you can't publicly ever – 
uh, lead on that you're in, you know, enraged with a kid or, or frustrated by his decision because you may be the next spot on the map. And uh, in this case, if you bring that kid in, um, you know, by all accounts, it changes who you are much the way it changed who Florida State was when Jermaine Johnson left Georgia and came to Florida State. And you see how quickly, you know, a lot of times early on, we were all kind of hesitant to say that any kid could come in and have a massive impact. They're in the transfer portal for a reason. You know, they're probably going to be a problem and maybe they don't easily acclimate or whatever it might be. But we now know just the way the landscape's changed. It could very well be that you sign a kid, bring him in, and he's the best player on your team. It can happen. Well, you used and, to judge kids when they transferred. Like, what's right. wrong with him? He's a quitter. He's quitting on his team. But, but I mean, that's, that's not the reality anymore. The reality is you only get one, one chance to play college football. And if you're at Alabama or if you're at Ohio State, like that wide receiver, Jamison Williams, and he's got great receivers in front of him, he's like, man, I want to go play somewhere. So it goes to Alabama and leads the SEC in receiving. Like, that, that, can, that will happen now. Nobody judged that kid harshly for leaving Ohio State. Certainly helps for Florida State's purposes that yeah. uh, the SEC has the rule that he can't transfer within the SEC either. So yeah, and I'm not sure that's still in effect. I think they changed all those things. That some people are putting out there, but I don't think that's still in effect um, because, like, right? yeah, I think last summer basically everybody had to just kind of get rid of those rules. Well, um, I, I know that you can you can transfer within the SEC. I just didn't think you could play for a year. I'm not sure, man. I really think that they've gone in this age of pay, player empowerment. Sure. Sure. I don't. I don't think they're limiting much of that at all anymore. That would be wild speculation on my part, and I think it's a great rule. I think the SEC <laughs> should follow that rule, adhere to that, have some standards at that backwards ass hit conference right. Uh, right. that they can fall back on. Seminole headlines, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV continues in a moment. Ho 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 horizons. It took, Bar and grill. It took all the strength I had not to interrupt you, turn off your mic, and go home. Do you like how I closed my eyes when I sang? Too? Oh, believe me, that was the best part. I didn't look at it, thankfully. It was unbelievable. He looked like, like Al Jarreau or something. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Luther Vandross. Well, he was making reference. sure it was there. I want to apologize to Horizon Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, their delicious food uh, should not be overlooked by Corey's singing. Man, that's a great jingle game. the restaurant itself. Uh, but Horizons Bar and Grill is where, Ira? Bannerman Crossing. You're damn right it is. Tallahassee Ooh. off Thomasville Road and Bannerman Road. It's, uh, man, it's just, it's incredible food, incredible people, incredible beers. It's where we are a lot. Hey, before a, the end of the group. week, fellas, uh, any week, like you could be listening to this six weeks from yeah. now, let's let's all get together at Horizons Bar and Grill. We're there a lot. We really are. So if you want to see this in person, this trio <laughs> Never in mind person. the food. You get to see the three of us. But yeah, the food and the, the drinks, the, the patio, it's all good, man. It's all working. If it's you, all working at And Horizons. if you sing the theme song, they'll give you some free food, I think. I think you get the bill is paid for if you sing the song. But with, you have to sing it like I do. With, and tell them Corey's thing. With a bar tab. Yes, it's amazing. Correct. It's incredible. It, it's it incredible. Keeps growing. They're yeah. so kind. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. By the way, guys, should mention to you as uh, we move along here that if you're in the stream, thank you so much for uh, watching and commenting and all of those things. But in the interest of transparency and following FCC rules, this show is recorded just before the time that we would normally come on. Uh, our cohort, compatriot, uh, and dear friend, Ira Chaffel, will be going through major surgery later this afternoon. Uh, no chance for us to get into studio to do the program. Uh, also, I've been sick, and I don't want Corey to get sick. He's feeble. Mm, uh, the ability to overcome the kind of sickness that I've overcome in record-setting time probably would take him a couple of weeks. Right. So we don't we don't want any of that. So I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. So the combination of those things led right. us to record today from our respective homes. But yes, if you were wondering, Ira did schedule a medical appointment on a Tuesday. Uh, I just wanted to fit in with you, man. Right. I, well, I know. Hey, I know. I, it's fun, isn't it? It's, it's good times. Uh, yeah, I have a little minor uh, dental procedure, but I'm may, listen, man. I'm still getting to practice. I'm, I'm determined. I'm going to go to practice the last spring football practice of 2022. Man, don't go to practice. This You're going to, going to practice for. It's the, I'm getting, that's I'm going to practice, man. Yes, that's I'm going crazy. to practice. All right. Why You're going to be spitting blood on people. Well, don't stand too close. All right. Listen, you don't get a badge for this, Ira. It's not like, you know, I'm going to be there for my kid's game. Mike Norvell <laughs> needs to see me. He does. <laughs> I mean, could you uh, imagine? I mean, if he, if he looks around that group and... Where the hell is the silver fox? I mean, 
they would probably stop practice and be like, we got to go. Where is he? What is going on? Is he yeah, out there looking at us with his binoculars? What is going yeah. on? We're having a press conference down here. What are we yeah, doing? No, he would he would be worried. Uh, I, when you were talking about what Travis Hunter did, um, I was thinking about, because um, you got to be civil to him now. Remember what the owner of the Cavaliers did when LeBron left? Yes. In, the, in that crazy – yeah, yeah, the crazy letters, the screed he wrote saying he's never going to win a championship, we're loser, and he all this craziness. It was that's awesome. What, that's what Norvell should have done with Travis Hunter. Just hey. gone, gone scorched earth. Uh, he's never going to win anything at Jackson State, and wrote it in that weird font. That would have been that would have been a good touch, I thought. But because there's no real way, when you think about what how that ended, there's no way. They're going to take Travis Hunter back, right? Oh, I think what? they would. Well, what, are you insane? They take it back tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know, tomorrow. man. Well, didn't, no, didn't, Cleveland, didn't Cleveland? Didn't Cleveland take LeBron back? Yes. Well, they, yes, they did. They did. And, they did. Yes, by the, by, Mike Norvell by the way, would one hundred percent take Travis Hunter back. Uh, yes, they would. And secondly, all Mike Norvell should have done is, "I'll see you in twelve months." Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's maybe. all he should have done because in reality, that's where we're headed. That yeah. kid's not finishing at Jackson State. Well, yeah, we'll see where he finishes though. We'll see where he finishes. Like it's there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of uh, people on the market for him, and you had well, an in, yeah. you had an inroad well, that you don't really have now. So well, you yeah you don't need to burn that bridge. I mean, what's the what I, in this day and age? Like, what would be the point of? I mean, are fans gonna like protest Travis Hunter if he comes? No, back? no. I think it's I think it's the fact that you basically you know there's a thought there that he knew since September that he was going to Jackson State. I really don't think. That. Yeah, I think played that fun. game for three months. And if, if you feel like you got played as an adult by an 18-year-old kid, if you feel like no, you no, got no, played. No, 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 no. I, mean, I don't think that's it, man. Two, th- two things. One is I don't think – I think it was a couple weeks. But number two, I think is a college football coach whose job depends on winning football games, man, I don't think you're worried about pride. Uh, you I mean, can't afford right. to. You can't afford to. Hey, Corey, you and I, if we're doing the hiring, firing thing and we get played by a potential employee, we can beat that kid's ass. But like, that's up. legitimately, that's up. we would we can afford to do that. We yeah. might hire somebody to do it privately, just <laughs> right. so our hands don't get bloody. Right. But, but you sure. know, but listen, they can't do that in big time college football. And here's the deal: you're being paid five million dollars a year to be a better man. So just figure it out. Just just shut up. If that yeah. kid's going to help you win games, then figure it out. I would want an apology. I would want a written apology, explaining maybe on a board, maybe on a chalkboard somewhere. I won't. I won't humiliate you again. I won't humiliate like a hundred times. I would want hey. that. And see real um, sincerity, and then I might take him back. Maybe, maybe Jimbo left some of the promissory notes in the desk, and boom, <laughs> and he could just like li- get some liquid paper, white it out. Yeah. Also, let's compare. Let's compare it to this, Corey. I don't know who the hottest girl in your high school was that you dreamt of holding hands with. Right. Sure. But 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 if by chance she spurned you and decided that you weren't for her, maybe there was another guy out there, despite your best efforts. And then maybe they dated for a year or so, right? Much to your chagrin and heartbreak. And then she started throwing advances your way the following year after having been over there with Charlie. Right. I have a suspicion you'd forgive and forget. Maybe. What if she took a big heap and dump on my car? Like that's how she spurred me. It wasn't Again, just she I said no, you thank forgive you. Forgive and forget. Okay, maybe. Maybe it's hard to get that image out of your head though. But, yeah, uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. So Jessica Roberts, if you're listening, <laughs> I, she never spurred me though. I never had. There was no chance I was making run it, making a run at that. But had you? Oh yeah. No, I, you're right. You're right. You're right. So Travis Hunter is <laughs> the Jessica Roberts of 2022. That's fair. oh my goodness gracious. Okay, so I've stalled long enough. Um, did you guys throw up in your mouth a little bit when they started with two point conversions? Well, the the beauty of it was nobody told us what was going on. We didn't know that's what it was. The crowd didn't know. We just so thought it was goal line. Hey, I got to interrupt because this this makes it all the better. I didn't get to go to the game. I was watching it. So here here's what I would ask you: not knowing that those were two point conversions, you must have been especially saddened to witness interception, interception, interception. Yeah, you must yeah. have thought. Boy, this could not have gotten off to a worse start for all three of these individuals. The Duffy one especially because he's rolling to his left, and I'm like, dude, just throw it away. Just throw it away. Why would you lob it to Amari Gaynor? (laughs) But it was a two-point conversion, and there was really nothing to lose, so it it made a lot more sense in hindsight. But, of course, nobody announced that. Nobody nobody said what they were doing. Um, Just just ran two plays with each quarterback, and half of them were interceptions. 
then when they started bringing the cones out for the special team stuff, I was like, now we're doing special teams drills. This is, I was just like, we're in the press box and it's sealed. So we can't hear the fans, but I, I wanted to be out there and I wanted to hear what are people they gonna were boo? saying. Are they going to boo? Hey, I'll give you insight into this because, and I'm sure you've talked to several people who were in the stands and got their thoughts. My wife and oldest son were in the stands with their friends watching the game. And I was here sick. And when she got home, I didn't want to have undue influence. So I said to her, hey, what'd you think of the game? Now, my wife is somewhat indifferent about, uh, uh, certainly indifferent about a spring game. And she's fairly indifferent about week-to-week football, other than she's a Florida State alumnus and wants them to win. So she'll, you know, if we lose, she'll walk by the TV, let's say where it's a road game and I'm not there covering or something. She'll be like, are we winning? That's the extent of her, right. are we winning? That's all I get. So fair to say she's not over the top with passion. She walked through the door and I asked her that question. She goes, what was that? Yeah. And I go, yeah, that, that was tough. She goes, they were disorganized. Nobody knew what was going on. We all wanted to leave. Yeah, the that to me that's my biggest thing, my biggest overall overarching thing. And uh, you know, I thought about writing something about it. I'm probably not. I think Gene may touch on it and something he's doing. But to me, it's just there needs to be a a, a coherent, plain message of what this event is going to be. Because once you call it a game and you sell tickets for it, and, and you, you have, have the concert afterwards, it just feels like you're turning it into an event. But then, from a coaching staff perspective, they're kind of treating it like a practice. Now they do have the brief thing at the end with the celebrity coaches. But I mean, that's, you're what you're basically watching Gino English drive, run a drive and Tate Rodemaker run it. I mean, that's not what people really came there for, but the first two quarters, you know, was kind of actual football, except the format was so weird. You have the scoring system. Like even back in the day, they used to get the defense points for third down stops and turnovers and this, they just, Oh no, it's 28, nothing 35. And it's just like, what are we doing? It's just a weird, it was like this weird, um, mix of a practice and a quote-unquote spring game, but n- there's no communication to what the fans of what they're seeing, how it's being run. You have uh, Hall of Fame introductions be going on during plays. You got music half the time the band's playing, half the time they got music piped in. It just seemed like it seemed like they just showed up and said, "Hey, what are we doing today, guys? Let's all right, let's figure it out." And well, it didn't me, make sense to uh, to have Deckerhoff staying 30 minutes before right. when nobody's in the crowd. Like, you know, that's Deckerhoff. I mean, and they, they, they celebrated him later on. They had his, they had his uh, play-by-play going over the PA, which was better than Sweet Caroline um, that they played during part of the game too. But, like, uh, you know, why, why, why celebrate him when the least amount of people that will be in that stadium for the next eight months is there? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you could have celebrated him at halftime of one of the games. He lives in Tallahassee. I think they or, probably will do. Well, I that. hope so, I but guess. it just—I don't. It was weird to do it. It was just weird to do it at thirty minutes before, um, and it was just him well, that people it didn't know. To, it, it speaks to the disorganization that yeah. you guys are referencing. I don't think that the left hand knew what the right hand was doing, and and I think if you're Michael Alford, you're looking at this going, "No, this is not ideal." Um, you know, I've got people driving down from Atlanta. I've got people coming over from Orlando. I've got people coming over from Jacksonville. I doubt. Too many people flew up from Miami for a spring game, but maybe they did. And, uh, you know, if you're doing that sort of thing, uh, it, it can't be disorganized. And and I think that, you know, you have to be on the same page as the football coach, and then you have to have messaging that works so that people know what they're getting into. Like, I don't expect a spring game to be entertaining. I hate most all spring games. Basically, the spring game has sucked ever since, and I understand why, ever since they stopped making them games. Basically but- – Post Dan Kendra's injury, there hasn't been all that much in the way of entertainment at a spring game for me. But well, I also get to go to all the practices. So, well, no, I agree. And but that's the thing to me is I understand if if you don't want to make it a real game, I get it. And you want to just make it more like a practice, and you don't want to split up the teams because you don't have enough linemen or whatever it is. Although I think they probably do have enough linemen at this point, but they decide not to do it. I don't think you can also build it as a game and sell tickets and create this event. Like, I think it should just be, you know what? It's going to be another practice. You're more than welcome to come. We want you to come and we'll leave donations. Cause that's what they used to do that. You could, they had donation boxes and you could, but you're selling tickets to this man. To me, there's an inherent uh, contract that there's going to be entertainment. But if you have an event where nobody knows what's going on and it's disjointed and you, I mean, it's just such a poor production. 
that to me is you violated that contract because you said it's a game and you're selling me a ticket. So that to me, the messaging needs to be different once they figure out what exactly they're trying to do. And also, it was a good crowd. Honestly, yeah. it was like 30,000. I mean, they, they announced yeah. it at 31,000. I don't think that was untrue. I think it was close to that. It was a, it was a pretty good crowd. Yeah, I'm going to guess that there's fewer people next year. Uh, yeah. Also, yeah, that's an issue know. with the way they yeah, get it. I, I would also say that um, they've got to find a way. I don't know how it works, but I've seen better production. I, I've never watched the spring game on television before, so I watched this, and listen, I hate the ACC network as much as anybody else does. It's for all the obvious reasons, but sweet Jesus, can we figure out a way to get on the same page with what they're doing production-wise? I don't – I don't need a 25-minute conversation with E.J. Manuel while the game's going on. I just don't. I, I, nobody does. Nobody on earth does. It, it just makes zero sense. I don't, and by the way, that's not a shot at E.J. It could have been anybody. It, it, Charlie Ward, who they also talked to. Danny Cannell, who they also talked to. All of whom are legends here. That's not a shot at any one of those guys. Peter Bulware, any of them. It's just the game's going on, man. I, I'd like to see the plays. Yeah, nobody's what tuning we, in. Nobody tuned in. Uh, nobody tuned in thinking. Um, I mean, Florida State has a rabid di- fan base, and they want to see the people that we've been writing and talking about for a month. Nobody tuned in. Not one person tuned in to hear what EJ or Charlie or oh, Danny Cannell had yeah, to say. I, and they're only watching. You are talking about the kind of person that carved out time on Master Saturday to watch a spring game. Yeah. All they care about is what's happening on the football field. So show them everything that happens on the football field. Don't worry about anything else. Do a post-game thing on ACC Plus or whatever it's called. Where you hear our interviews we did if you want to go watch that. Everybody only cared about what they showed on the game. They wouldn't show anything on the, ga- the actual game. Yeah, the one thing I would say is, like, I assume there was some sort of production meeting or planning going on in the week, week ahead, and maybe Mike Norvell said, look, it's not going to be a real game. It's going to be a practice scrimmage kind of situation. Um and maybe they felt like going into it, well, we need to, we're going to need to fill, fill time because it's going to be too boring. Well, no, like to Corey's point is, no, the only people watching that are going to be hardcore fans. You need to have, you can't just rely on the action and the drama of the back and forth of a game because it's not a real game. So you need to have somebody else in there who can really break down some of these players, who these guys right. are. Like who is number, you know, 58 on the offensive line or who is, you know, Give the that that information would have been really useful to viewers who maybe aren't paying attention to every practice report. Ira, you, you should know, do it. Come. Well, you and, should hey, be listen, in there. You should do sure. that next year. Sounds good. good. I'll volunteer. I'll just show up. I'll just walk in. Walk in and well, start I'll talking. I'll say this. Listen, uh, as far as announcements go and announcers go, I feel for any play-by-play announcers who plop down in here on a Thursday <laughs> and they say, hey, go over to practice and then make sure you give us a thorough breakdown play-for-play play on Saturday. Yeah, good luck with that, man. You really yeah. can't do that. You, you need to have me or mm. Ira or Corey or Tom or anybody else that's here on a daily basis who knows this roster that on the fly can tell you who the backup right guard is because there's no chance that dude can. Right, and that's right. really the, that, and that is what somebody watching that game is wants. You know, they, they, that's what they want. They want to know who those guys are that are going to be playing this year that they haven't seen before. So, yeah, maybe it'll just be us three next year. We'll just uh, we'll pirate it. Oh, I promise you it'd be more entertaining and more thoroughly uh, vetted than what we got. In that, yeah, I'd be that, down on I'm, the field. I'd be down on the field getting all those interviews. Yeah. <laughs> Here with Peter Ward, let's have a 35-minute conversation. Yeah, let's let's throw it to Corey Clark. He's down on the field with Peter Ward. Corey, please. And then uh, you guys <laughs> could take a break. Yeah take, yeah. take me through every play of that national championship game against Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah. From, from play one. Yeah, exactly. That was just it was just crazy. It just wasn't a good product for the people. I don't know what they were trying to do, but for the people that were trying to watch the game, they did not they did not succeed in making that a watchable product. So what action there was, we'll touch on momentarily. Seminole Headlines 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeats.com. That's registermeats.com. Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chauffel, and Corey Clark. Hey, so who did stand out uh, to you guys? I mean... I think the obvious answer for most of the people watching this, listening to this, watch the spring game and, and, and had takeaways would be that Benson looks to be the part. Uh, I, I think that's the kid that most of our fan base would say, hey, man, uh, we got us a little something there. 
And I think on the whole, there you go. I got it in my verbal crutch. Um, Ira, you've mentioned it yesterday on the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show in the second hour where it's back-to-back weeks, Corey, that he's joined us on the program. It's on fire. What a streak. But, but, you know, that that kid there is – and the running back room in general, I think we feel pretty good about right now. I mean, I think they go three, four deep with guys you feel very good about uh, in a game against actual teams in a Power 5 conference. I think you feel Mm. good about that group. There aren't too many groups you can say that about, and that's interesting because I don't know that we thought that was going to be the case coming into camp. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know we haven't we didn't see a lot of Trayshawn Ward in that game, but when we've seen him in practice, he's looked as good or better than what we saw last season. Um, you know, Lawrence Tofila looked good, Trey Benson obviously looked good, even DJ Williams looked good, and CJ Campbell. So yeah, that's a that's a really good group. And I, it'll be that'll be one of the things that'll be fun to watch early this season because look back to last season when they realized that they got nothing from that wide receiver core for a, a long stretch of the season, they started playing three backs at a time. Because they just those were their best players. They had to get their best players out there. We fo- I felt like going into this season because the receivers were going to be much better that they might have to limit that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they you know they may not if the receiver position if they don't get another receiver and if Winston Wright's not available, they may have to go to, to where they're using backs more lined up at receivers and things like that because that is it's a talented group for sure. Well, and you remember, it's a talented group, and it's made more talented by the quarterback that can run, like right. really run. That opens up everything for those guys. So, yeah, I, I feel like even if the offensive line isn't even good, um, their running game is going to be – as long as those guys stay somewhat healthy, that running game is going to be fine. It'll be better than about last year, I think. I think I think even losing Corbin, I think – and I, maybe I'm putting too much stock into Trey Benson, but he's looked good all spring, and then you all saw him on – well, maybe you did – if the ACC network wasn't interviewing somebody at the time, maybe you guys saw him uh, on Saturday. Um, I, I think it's going to be a better room than it was last year. I think that's an improved room because Ward and Toa Feely are better. And then this kid might be Corbin's equal. I don't know. Or better than Corbin. I, I don't know. He's, I don't know what his ceiling is. He's impressive. I think his upside is to be better than Corbin. Um, uh, now, we'll, we'll see it in the game, obviously. You're right, by the way, to just assume that they're going to be able to run the ball. Because that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, they run the ball. Coach Atkins, Coach Norvell, they do a very, very good job of scheming the run game. They create angles and leverage. Um, even and, and, and really, they create – they do a good job with the pulling guards, all that stuff. Um, I assume they're going to be able to run because that's what they've been able to do consistently since they've arrived, and they've done it without a prolific passing game. You're right to note that it certainly opens up um, because of Jordan Travis, but they've run even with stationary quarterbacks. You know, they were still able to run the ball decently well at times with McKenzie Milton out there. So, I mean, I, I, I think they're always going to be able to run. Uh, that will be obviously complimented if they're ever able to throw the ball consistently in negative le- leverage situations, third and five plus. If they can do that in rhythm and convert and move the, you know, change. Uh, over to first downs and, and create drives that way, then all of a sudden everything opens up because there's balance. And I worry about that aspect because that's where I'm going to segue next is to the receivers. You know, I, I would go get another one. You know, they got dealt a bad hand. They got really unlucky with the Winston Wright injury. I would have loved to have seen what he would have done this camp. Basically, we got nothing because when he was out there early on, he was acclimating. We never really saw him get into the big 11-on-11, 7-on-7 stuff. And, you know, that's a kid that, I mean, I'm going to doubt that he's going to play this year. I don't know if he will. I Knock on wood. But if he's not going to play this year, then you probably need to go get a, another proven receiver because I haven't seen enough in this camp to think that they're okay. I think. I mean, I do think they're hoping he's going to play. I just don't know exactly when. I, I haven't. I haven't got the impression that they've written off 2022 for Winston Wright. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it was unfortunate. Obviously, how Johnny Wilson played. Um, but also, did, they didn't get a lot of at bats, and I, the, no. must, that was what was frustrating to me about the the format of that game. And this is this this blame I'm going to put on Mike Norvell. Just those quick whistles, the combination of the quick whistles, and then then you had some drop passes. It just the the drives all went like this. I mean, there was like ten three and outs. I mean, where they're just you know it's and the, and they they they're a running oriented team for the most part. So you're only getting like maybe one pass a drive, and if you go the quick whistle or a drop pass, you just didn't see. I mean, they just didn't give many opportunities. So I think the passing game is – I mean, we've seen it. The passing game is better than what they showed on Saturday. I just think it's unfortunate that that's what was put on you know, display for the public. Yeah, I mean, we the, the difference with this spring game and other spring games across the country is that – you. I mean, you have to trust this, I guess. 
but we have been at every practice. Like right. this isn't just oh, this is the only time we get to see him. Johnny Wilson's terrible and can't play. Johnny Wilson has a issue with drops. Johnny Wilson's also six seven and can run by people. Like and those made are, some, and has made some great catches. great catches in in this in this camp. And you remember Jeff when I mean he was I thought he was the best he, early on. I thought when he had that scare that injury scare that he was fine. I thought he was the best wide receiver they had at the time. Like he was making contested catches all over the place. So he has that in him. Now he's going to have some drops. You know, you know, Phil Kofer missed some threes. He was still a good player. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I guess I would like when Phil Kofer got to Florida State, his second year, people were like, man, this kid can't play. He's not very good. Why does, why does Leonard keep running him out there? And by his last year before he got hurt, he was one of the best players in the NCAA tournament. Like he was very good. I think there's some, I, I do, don't give up on Johnny Wilson. Don't listen to that other bald guy and give up on my man Jay Dubs. I guys, he he's going to make plays for this team. He is also at least twice a month going to make you yell out an expletive because he might drop a pass that's going to kill a drive. But he's also going to make some plays that and other guys else, on this team can't yeah, make. Can make. Nobody else on the field can can make. Which you know, might, listen, might all be, that can be might be a touchdown. You know, I mean, that's you know, what I'm saying like that's that's a big deal when you've got a guy that can make a touchdown. You know, they haven't had guys that can make those plays. He's a guy that can do it. He may also have a couple drops here and there. All, all that can be true simultaneously. I don't disagree with your thought that he's we're a better team. Florida State's a better team because he's on the roster. I think it's also fair to warn everybody he's going to drop more than a couple passes, Corey. Um, he dropped the only <laughs> ones thrown his way this Saturday. Let's start um, a note. We'll have an over-under before the season on uh, – Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. Put it, what would you put the line at? I, you want I'm me to add put, up the number of targets no, for the no, 12 yeah, games? I, I, I was going to say, what would you think is over-under? I'm going to say it's, I would have put the over-under at six. Drops? Drop passes, yeah. We're going way over six for the year. <laughs> okay, right. Well, we'll way see. Over Let me watch more of August, and we'll yeah, maybe I'll re We're going to go way over six, sir. All right. Um, he's not a natural catcher of the football. He is a freak athlete. Those are both true. It's okay. I hope he gets better. He's got an entire offseason to catch the hell out of the jugs gun. Yeah. Uh, I, I would spend every waking second pulling a Michael Jordan, like dribbling the ball to high school the way he did. You know, I'd be I'd be holding a football in my hand everywhere I went. I'd have people throwing me the football every Every five time minutes. you walk into a class, a yeah. teacher throws heads you a football. Up, heads up, yeah. make a catch. Yeah. Well, look, um, man, if you, and here's the deal. If you're Mike Norvell, ha, assign one, two, three, I don't know, six of those analysts to making <laughs> that kid be able to catch the football by September. Because here's the thing. You can work eight, 12 hours a day with everybody else in that receiving core, and none of them are going to be like him. That You have to sure. figure out a way to get the best out of him and make him a weapon. Because with him and Pittman – and Pokey is your third receiver, you're you're in good shape. If, if if Johnny Wilson can catch the the majority of his passes, that's a that's a that's a very good college receiving court. Yeah, and it was a, it really like Iris said, it is a bad break that like well he only I mean he only had two targets he had three attempts. targets and the other one Rodemaker threw over his head where he was open in the end zone. But and like one of the one of the drops, was, I mean he should have caught it, but it wasn't a good throw. It wasn't like his bread basket. It was like well, but this gets to the larger point because I don't want to hyper focus on any one individual, whether that's Wilson or Jordan Travis or Tate Rodemaker or any of the other receivers. They're not good in the passing game as of right now, and I don't know that we saw evidence this spring that they're going to be appreciably better than they were a year ago. They'll be better. Better? I think that's a fair thing to say. Much better? Mm, I'm not so sure. Corey, yeah, Corey, I, Corey, what? trot out your stat, your stats from the from the end of the season. Trot them out again. You going to talk oh. about the three last three games of the year? Trot Are we going to hear this again? Yes, oh yeah. He, so he did. So yeah, he the last three games of the year he averaged like 246 yards passing per game, which is about the neighborhood he needs to be. They need right. to be to get. To, when I wrote that story about where you got to get yardage wise passing and scoring, yeah. that's kind of where they got to be. To get um to, to get to an eight win team, if he can be that guy that he was against Boston College, if that all, which it should be because he has better guys to throw to, if he can just be Boston College Jordan Travis, and not get screwed by the refs, that's good enough to win the eight games. But you're right, he's not he the the passing game won't be uh you know a 300, 280 yard passing game because it can't he's they they're not they're not I don't think they're capable of it right now. Well, but they, they can be better if they get if, better. They got a shot. But if they were with his legs, I mean, he'd he'd win the Heisman. I mean, I'm just saying you got to take what you got, and I, yeah. I think it's there's there's still plenty to work with. Is all I'm saying. But I I don't disagree with Jeff either that I might, especially if you get news on Winston Wright that he's not going to be available or he's not going to be available till October. It's like okay, well we play LSU's not in October, and neither is at Louisville. Um, shout out to Pearl Jam for the the concert the next night in Louisville. That's good news for them. 
uh, in us. But uh, but so go go on the go to the transfer portal, man. If you if you don't think Winston Wright's going to be available, I'm not disagreeing with Jeff that if somebody some guy that's a a Winston Wright esque clone is out there, go get him. You you yeah. I think you still no, need listen, some guys there. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, we we don't know. Maybe there won't be anybody, but uh, I'm not saying just to bring somebody in for the sake of bringing them in. If you've got got to be a difference maker. Yeah, you can fucking play, then I would do it. Also, this is the time of year where we're all going to be hyper-focused because camps are rounding up everywhere. So, you know, everybody's finishing up their camps. There are going to be some people who are disgruntled. I think there are opportunities. I mean, uh, hopefully there is a guy that you can identify that's a lot like Winston Wright that's a proven commodity in the Power Five that wants to get on the field and and get more at-bats and get more opportunity. Hopefully it happens. If that does, I would grab him. I would definitely and, and, I, and I definitely think Micah Pittman is a th- is a real deal. Like oh, I think yeah, we all a, agree on a, that. that. He's yeah. a difference maker, man. That, they no, have we, not had a guy like that in a good while around here. We we all agree on that. Some of the headlines: ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners, it's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you, but we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system We're offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. About the hour, and uh, we'll get to headliner questions momentarily. Short segment here. Anything else to add really quick while we're just specifically talking about what we saw? Uh, we, we talked about what concerns us. Is there anything that you're really bullish on? Because uh, I, I feel good about the secondary, and I, I know we said that last year, and it turned out not to be true for the first half of the season. You but know, I, I, I like that secondary right now. Yeah, I think I'm, I feel good about the secondary, but I really, the, over the last week, I really got excited about the linebacking core. We've been yeah. excited about Tatum Bethune all spring, but that that goal line uh, practice where they had the twenty straight goal line plays, linebackers played really well. Stephen Dick seems to be playing a lot better. Uh, we know Kalen Deloach can play. DJ Lundy seems quicker and more agile. You see He's him making quicker, plays yeah. in pass coverage now. Uh, that linebacking core, I'm, I'm way more excited about that group than I expected to be. Yeah, and I just think the defense as a whole is better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the weakness of the team if you had to put, choose one of the two or three if you want to go special teams. Guys, I'm telling you, I don't know if you've been watching the way they practice special teams. It's important around here. They do it right to start a spring game. I mean, um, that, that, that was another one. Like, Micah Pittman, they finally get a guy that can catch punts, and it has to be 40-mile-an-hour 40, 40 gusts. Yeah. And, and he looks like me trying to return that punt. Well, and just, also Everything gets, that could go wrong went wrong in that spring game. And he got hurt. Right off the bat of the yeah. two-point conversion. On a you stupid two-point conversion words. play. Like, what yeah. are we doing? This is stupid. Yeah, uh, but, I, but I will say overall the defense. I mean, look, man, I thought they they pretty much how they've done all spring. They The first-team defense, or what was left of it, controlled the first-team offense for a majority of that day, or most of that day. I don't think they scored against the first-team defense. And that was really without Cooper, Lovett, Bethune, and Jamie Robinson. Correct. Those guys, you know, the, the first two didn't play much. The last two, I, I mean, I know Bethune didn't play at all, and Jamie Robinson didn't play much at all either. And oh. so you, you, those are four all-ACC caliber-ish players that uh, did not play, and your defense still looked like that. I mean, I think there's a chance. Um, there's a chance it's going to be a good defense, not just top 50, but maybe, I don't know, top 30? Can we make Corey, another plaque? Corey, why, uh, we'll get to the plaque in a moment because I think we should make another plaque. By the way, the other two are hanging proudly there in the 93.3 studios. Right. Uh, I would, I would, 
I would, I think Ira and I would posit this and ask you this. Why do you and Aslan hate Malcolm Ray? Put him on the spot, Jeff. Put him on the spot. Why do you hate him? I think Aslan, uh, I don't, I don't, look, I don't hate anyone except Travis Hunter. I mean, come on, man. It's ridiculous. I'm never getting over that. Um, Hey, hey, unless you come, unless you're here next year, Travis, then we're going to be, we're going to be good friends. Um, But no, I just, I don't. I think I don't think he's the caliber of those top two, the first two guys. Well, no, I think, but he doesn't have to be. He's not a starter. Well, right, but it, you want you want quality depth, and I mean like depth, depth, like guys that are as good as those guys is what you're hoping for, right? <laughs> I mean, I know that that's not how life works. This is a stuttering wonder of an answer. I, I this is a hey, listen. But you okay. ask me why I hate him, and I don't hate him, but I yeah. don't think he's near like the you, caliber of those two guys. Yeah, I, I mean, just I, don't. I don't think he's a difference maker like those two guys are. And doesn't have you, to be. If you, they're, they're asking for him to play 15 snaps, man. He'll be all well, right. Well, right, but. I, my whole point is, if there's somebody in the portal, go get them. But if you're putting somebody that, in the portal, go get them. But so, but I guess this is this is where I think other people that are logical and, and Jeff and I, uh, have you know, this a, happens all the time. By the way, both of y'all with, say dumb all the time. Oh, but, hey, hey, but, hey! But we never we never team up on that person and call him illogical. It's only well, when I say something. You and I because you you're you're hyperbole, and you guys have doubled down on it. And on we, what? The Malcolm Ray hate? Uh, no, it's not a hate. It's just I don't think he's he's not that caliber. He's not he's not he's and he's not a, he's a guy yeah that I guess can play twenty snaps a game. Right. Well, that's he, all he's, he's going to be asked to do, and he's but good to at me, it. But to me, he's just a guy. I might be wrong. I hope he. I hope he. I hope he's great. It's just, Corey, the the issue is I think like Tom and I had just done a show where we talked about we feel like the defensive tackle depth is really strong, and then you guys I think a couple times have said. That's like one of your big concerns. So as a reader or a fan, that's where it came up on the show last week. Is somebody's like, which what which is it? And so now it's become this kind of debate. But yeah, I, I just think when you look at it's when you look at the places where they have to get they have to improve, I think they're probably better off depth wise there than they are at some of these other positions. Certainly offensive. Well, that's line. the point. If you're gonna if you're gonna prioritize and we gotta go to break. And, and Corey, it was I did it tongue in cheek, buddy. But what I'm Shut what up. I'm saying, what, Shut up. I'm, I'm turning you off. What I'm saying is, if you got to prioritize needs, defensive line is not one of them. You're gonna you're gonna look at wide receiver and offensive line. We all oh, agree I, on that. No, I definitely I'll, think you need you need somebody on the. I'm not I'm not convinced of what's on the other side of verse at all. If there is a guy out, I mean, look, they're not in a position. Well, when where are you prioritizing? A, Which one are you prioritizing first? You think that above a receiver or a lineman? I, no, I, I, I think defensive line over a receiver. Absolutely. I would, I, I would go I would go offensive line, de, I'd go defensive end, and then receiver well, just yeah, I think better than the, but not a defensive okay, end. Okay, I'm defensive going offensive line. I'm going offensive line, offensive line, wide receiver, defensive end. Some of the headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio continues in a moment on War Chant TV as well. Headliner questions forthcoming. Hang in. <laughs> 